Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' upcoming game with the Memphis Grizzlies. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks welcome the Memphis Grizzlies to the farm, and the Grizzlies are coming off a 105-88 win over the LA Lakers, while the Hawks are coming off a win of their own, 129-117 over the Portland Trailblazers. The Grizzlies are 29-31 and overall and are in 8th right now in the West, and they're really fighting to get that last playoff spot in the West, much like the Portland Trailblazers were previously for the Hawks. The Hawks are 19-43, and 13th in the East, and after those back-to-back wins on a back-to-back nights for against the Nets and the Trailblazers, the Hawks are looking to carry that momentum forward. As far as injuries for both teams, the Grizzlies have no Justice Winslow, who they just traded for, no Brandon Clark, no Jaron Jackson Jr., and no Grayson Allen. The Hawks don't know if they'll have Cam Reddish, and there will be no Dwayne Dedman, DeAndre Bembry, no Clint Capella, and no Scala Bissier. Dedman was, there's some video of him getting some shots up, so I don't know how close he is, but his shot looks pretty good. He had a non-surgical procedure on his elbow. And then DeAndre Bembry, we really have not gotten a lot of updates on him and how long they expect him to be out. There is, we will get the update on Clint Capella, which we really haven't had an update since All-Star break, but they're going to reevaluate Capella on Wednesday. So it'll be exciting. I know all Hawks fans are really Really chomping at the bit to see Clint Capella out there with the Hawks. It's been a lot of fun seeing Trey Young's like sitting right next to Clint Capella on the bench usually during these games and seeing them talk. So seeing them both on the court at the same time is something that I'm very much looking forward to. But to get to the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are coached by a rookie head coach, Taylor Jenkins. Uh, now Taylor Jenkins was on was assistant coach with Coach Bud uh, when Coach Boonholzer was here in Atlanta. And he's really has the Grizzlies playing really well. Again, they were not expected to be in the eighth seed in the West right now. They weren't really even expected to compete for the playoffs at all. Um, it was thought that maybe their rebuild would take a little bit longer and that they had a couple of cornerstones with Jalen Jackson Jr. and John Morant, but maybe they'd have one more year and, and uh, take some time doing the rebuild. Now, they didn't really have any incentive to tank because they don't have their draft pick. But looking at this roster to start the season, not a lot of people expected them to compete in the West as uh, competitive as that conference is. Now, to get to John Morant, he's number 12. And right now, he's the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. He's the number two overall pick. And the first year guard out of Murray State is averaging 18 points, three and a half rebounds, seven assists. And about one highlight a game. He's super explosive. If you got to watch the Rising Stars game, he was on the same team with Trey and Zion Williamson. Ja did a lot of throwing alley oops to Zion Williamson, but he was he received he was on the receiving end of a couple of those alley oops as well. Super explosive. He's not a super hyper athlete. I mean, all these athletes in the NBA are very good athletes, but he's not um, a super like top-end athlete in NBA standards, but he has some serious explosion. He can really dunk the ball, and it's going to be interesting to see who the Hawks use to, to defend John Morant, whether that's Trey Young, 
or if Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, if he's available, or one of the other wings for the Hawks is asked to defend John Morant. Again, Morant's an explosive leaper. If you saw his any of his finishes in the Rising Stars game, he just he, he's a ton of fun to watch. Now, like any rookie point guard, he's going to have a lot of turnovers. Um, and, you know, as, as good as his numbers are, I mean, Trey was right up there last season, but uh, Morant's playing really well. He's shooting 49% from the field and 35% from three. He's only taking two and a half, three-point shots a game, but he is really an engine and what the Grizzlies want to get going. And um, Taylor Jenkins kind of turning the the whole team over to John Morant and let him go from the beginning has been has proven to be very effective this season. Unfortunately, like I said, number 13, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not available for the Grizzlies. He was taken in the same draft as Trey and Luca, and he, in fact, Triple J, as he's called, uh, was taken in between those two. He was the number four overall pick, and he is he has one of the weirdest set shots for three points for a three-pointer that you'll see in the entire NBA, but it's super effective. He's shooting 40% from three on six-and-a-half attempts a game. He's almost, I think he's 6'11". He's almost seven feet tall. And coming out of uh, college, he was really expected to have these amazing defensive instincts coming out of Michigan State and projected to maybe be like a defensive player of the year candidate eventually in his career. But his offense is really especially that three-point shot has um, been way ahead of where people thought it was. And in fact, he got the Hawks both in Summer League last year and in the first matchup that they had last season. He had he went off for at least five threes, which is just incredible. He, he does this weird, it sort of looks like a two-handed shot, but again, it's effective. 40% on six and a half attempts is incredible. And the Grizzlies have been in a little bit of a tailspin since the All-Star break. And I would say some of that is to not having Triple J out there to stretch the floor on the offensive end. And, of course, the presence that he has on the defensive end. Another rookie big that the Grizzlies don't have is Brandon Clark. This was the guy that a lot of draft analysts thought should have gone higher in the draft just because of how much, how efficient and how productive he was in college. But he's doing having a very nice rookie year, having averaging 12 points on 65% from the field um, and doing everything else that coaches loves. He's an extreme hustler, loves setting screens, loves boxing out, just does everything on the court that a coaches want. I think, again, his production and John Morant's production is part of the reason that the Memphis Grizzlies are as pleasantly, are as pleasant a surprise as they have been this season. Some other Grizzlies that you need to know going into this game. Number 24 is Dylan Brooks. He's a Canadian guard slash wing who's averaging 16 points, one assist, and three rebounds on 40% shooting from the field and 37% from three. He's with the Grizzlies really embracing a youth movement. The 24-year-old wing is getting a lot of shots up, and that's what really contributes to his 16 points. He's also kind of a guy that you hate who's on the other team, but if he's on your team, you really love him. He's really going to defend. He's really... He's, not afraid to draw fouls. One uh, person who watches the Grizzlies a lot was talking about how you sometimes get players who don't want to draw fouls at all. Um, Dylan Brooks has no problem drawing fouls. There's going to be some shoving with him. He's going to get under somebody's skin during this game. 
and 24 somebody to watch. He will also take some long twos, which the Hawks will certainly encourage just because it's not an efficient shot. And again, he's shooting 40% from the field. That's not super high efficiency, but Dylan Brooks is going to be in the mix. Number 17, Jonas Valanciunas is their big man who especially will play without Jaron Jackson Jr. being available. Valanciunas is averaging 14.5 points and 11 rebounds. And one of the best things about Jonas Valanciunas is that he looks exactly like Travis Kelsey from the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Um, So much so that Kelsey was at one of the Grizzlies games. I don't know if it was in Memphis or the Grizzlies were traveling, but they were in the same stadium And the Memphis social media team did the Spider-Man meme where it's one Spider-Man pointing at the other Spider-Man showing Valanchunas and Kelsey in the same stadium. But uh, Valanchunas has been very good for them. He was part of a trade that Marc Gasol left uh, Memphis and Memphis received Valanchunas as part of that trade. He has some great nicknames, Big Science and Lithuanian Lightning, but He's a solid big man, 27 years old, and uh, he will be the man in the middle for the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Finally, one of my favorite nicknames in the entire NBA, but uh, Kyle Anderson is their small forward. Kyle Anderson came from UCLA, and again, he has one of the great nicknames in the NBA, Slow-Mo. Slow-Mo is aptly nicknamed. He just looks like he's kind of stuck in molasses or moving in slow motion when he's out on the court he's a small forward slash power forward and if you watch DeAndre Bembry I often talk about DeAndre Bembry moving kind of a diff- at a different speed from the rest of the players on the court and Kyle Anderson does a lot of the same things um, he's playing about 20 minutes a game he's shooting 50 percent from the field um, only 22 percent from three but he's a very solid NBA player Played for the Spurs for a little while before coming to the Memphis Grizzlies, but I could not get through introducing you to Grizzlies without talking about slow-mo. Number zero, DeAnthony Melton, is a very good defensive guard that probably is who Trey's going to be matched up with for much of the night. DeAnthony Melton had a real interesting draft story. He was drafted by the Rockets, and a lot of draft analysts were um, impressed with that pick just because Melton does a lot of things that the normal statistics wouldn't show, but is a very good defensive player, and it looks like he might have that three-point ability. But the Rockets went on to immediately trade him to the Phoenix Suns, and eventually he worked his way to the Memphis Grizzlies. Melton is playing about 20 minutes a game, same thing, um, shooting 30% from three and about 50% from two. Um, He is averaging... One and a half steals a game. So uh, Trey is going to have to be careful. Again, I think DeAnthony Melton does a wonderful job on the defense. And seeing him go up against Trey Young, one of the premier offensive players in the league, is going to be a ton of fun to watch. Getting to some of the strengths and weaknesses of the Grizzlies, they are a very fast-playing team. They play at a pace that's even faster than the Hawks, and this could hurt the Hawks a little bit. The Hawks have been very poor in transition defense, so the Hawks are going to have to make a a concentrated effort to really defend the ball when the Memphis Grizzlies get it into transition. But what that means is the Grizzlies have the fourth most made shots 
or they've taken the fourth most shots and made the third most shots per game this season in the NBA. They don't take or make a ton of threes, and without Jaron Jackson Jr., that's even fewer, but they are 24th in the number of three-point attempts they get a game and 23rd in uh, percentage. What they are extremely good at is passing the ball. The Grizzlies lead the NBA in assists per game, and what that means for the Hawks is they're going to have to be very disciplined on defense. When you have teams that move the ball so effectively, much like the 60-win Hawks did or the Spurs in the past have done, it just really forces your defense to be on point because the ball moves a lot faster than people can, so people, defenders have to stay on the, whoever their matchup is. Um, the Hawks are going to be tested in this regard. The Hawks have busted out the zone a little bit lately, um, and I don't know if they're going to go to that to try to slow down the Grizzlies, but um, that number one assist is something I, I think is going to be a ton of fun to watch, uh, and I'm interested in how the Hawks are going to defend that. Finally, the Grizzlies hit the glass a lot. They're top 10 in total rebounds and defensive rebounds, and that's an area I feel like the Hawks can sometimes get exploited. John Collins has been incredible. Bruno Fernando has really come on, but the Hawks are going to have to be diligent. That Both of those numbers, again, get to the fact that once the Grizzlies get a rebound, they're looking ahead trying to make a pass and transition to get an easy bucket. So the Hawks are really going to have to work on the defensive glass um, or, and the offensive glass. The Hawks should be able to get out and transition themselves, much like the Hawks do because they're a young team, Memphis being so young. Memphis turns the ball over a lot, 15 times a game, which is 21st in the NBA. Um, and the Grizzlies also send a lot of players to the free throw line. I could see Trey Young getting to the free throw line 15 or more times tonight, depending on who's guarding him. But the Grizzlies just foul a lot, which is what young teams do. And I think the Hawks should really try to take advantage of that, whether that means the continued aggression of DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, if he's playing. Um, even John Collins, who's not gotten a lot of uh, like respect on the and the foul front, he should be getting some free throw attempts. But those are areas that the Hawks can really attack the Grizzlies and try to get a win. I think the Hawks have really enjoyed this latest stretch of being at home. Of course, they had three ni- three games and four nights um, at home, and now they're getting a fourth a fourth game at home. And then after this game, the Hawks have three nights off, which will be a nice little break for them. But if the Hawks can turn this little win line segment into a winning streak, that'd be huge for them. Getting to the 20 wins, the 20 win level would be awesome. And just continuing this momentum that they've really built. I, again, just don't think that there's anyone on the Grizzlies that's really going to be able to slow down Trey. And I do think that John Collins is going to continue his outstanding play. John Collins, I'm going to have to do a whole pod on how well he's playing since he's been back. But John Collins is putting up over 20 points, over 10 rebounds, and some ridiculous shooting stats. He's part of the reason that the Hawks have been so good at shooting threes lately. He's really shooting the ball really well, and I expect him to have a very good game. Finally, I think DeAndre Hunter has figured something out a little bit. Um, of course, he hit six out of eight, six of nine threes in the game against the Portland Trailblazers. So I would hope that he is able to have a little bit of consistency and continue that streak. But this should be a fun game against the Memphis Grizzlies. This is two young teams. Again, Memphis is playing a little bit better this season than the Hawks have been playing. But both of these teams are kind of playing at the same level right now. 
Um, and I expect both teams want coming out motivated. Again, the Memphis Grizzlies are in a battle for this eighth seed to get in the playoffs. And the Hawks are trying to uh, get some momentum going forward just after a really disappointing first, you know, pre-All-Star break for them. So this should be a fun game. If you're able to get down to the farm to watch this one, I would really encourage you to do that. And uh, I expect the Hawks to come out and take care of business and get a win tonight. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me, Forrest Willoughby, at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a big help. Also, if you could share this podcast with any friends you have who love the NBA, that would be a huge help as well. Go Hawks!